Welcome to episode 7 of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure Podcast. I'm here with Craig, who is a little bit older and a little bit wiser than last time we spoke. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about outdoor adventure and trail safety. So Craig, make the music thing do the song thing. Right. G'day guys, how you doing? Thanks for joining us again, number seven. Uh, yeah, I still can't believe it every time we click up another number. How you doing, Craig? Good, mate. Thanks. Yeah, good. Yeah, mate. Happy birthday, first of all. Thanks. To you. Do you Thanks, have a dr- You do have a beverage, yep. shall we? Cheers on that. Cheers, for sure. Everybody, Craig, just, um, just had a birthday. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's actually his birthday week, so... Let's continue to milk the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, look, as as usual, I take a few days off for my birthday. I don't know whether I... didn't I, know that. I always do. I always try to get away or I just try and not be at work, make it feel different to the, <laughs> to the usual. So uh, I had, yeah, just some quiet time and a bit of uh, time with the family and stuff. Took, took it pretty easy, to be honest. That's pretty good. Have you been getting out at all? Getting outdoors? Oh, yeah. I've I've had family in tow the whole time. So oh, okay. it's been pretty hard to go and do anything serious at the moment. But um, certainly been out in the sun a fair bit and enjoying the outdoors, man. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. I spent the entire afternoon at the archery range this afternoon. And uh, I was the only person there. Oh, wow. The whole place was empty. Yeah. Except for me. And I was there for nearly two hours. All right. And just trying to tune my bow in. And uh, so I bumped the bit where the, um, it's called the arrow rest. I bumped where the arrow kind of sits on the bow. So it was completely, um, it was loose, which means that when I tightened it back up, it was no longer accurate. So then I had to, you know, take five shots move it, tighten it, take five shots and just try and get the grouping back. And um, what started to happen after an hour and a half is then I started to get tired. So my form started to go downhill. So then I couldn't really trust the groupings anyway, if you know what I mean. So I just ended up getting it roughly to a decent spot and I thought I'll go back fresh um, in a couple of days or something and then just see how close I was. Yeah. Well, it was nice to be out, but I'm going to pay for it tomorrow. My back's going to be sore. Gee. So how do you trust that you're not going to knock it again? Like, what's that all about? Oh, that was... Um, I actually tightened it against my backpack and it moved the... It just. It was just a silly mistake. And, uh, and it's like your sighting, is it? It's it like- well, it's not the sight itself, but it's the it's the bit that the arrow leans on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit technical, but yeah. It, anyway, critical. it's um, mm. it's it's absolutely critical. Yeah. So, um, but it's good fun. Sounds you know, good. Just, uh, um, my archery range is not an indoor range. It's um, it's actually out in the bush. So you can either um, go to the practice range, which I did today. But they also have these other courses, which are almost like golf courses that go through the woods. Oh wow! So you you shoot at one target 
go collect your arrows and then go to the second one and then the third and you just zigzag for about a kilometre through the... And there's three different courses. It's really, really cool fun. Yeah, it's good. Sometimes I I run between... Um, I run between uh, targets, so I'll get my arrows and I'll right. jog to the next one. And then by the time you've done 15, 16, 17 targets and you're running in between, you, you're getting up a bit of a sweat and it's it's just harder to kind of find that zen spot, which is what I'm ultimately trying to do under pressure. Is that a unique sort of range or are they um, kind of common to have these outdoor sort of shots like that? I, I'm Don't not know. sure. I, I, my understanding is that there is um, Similar. another one like that, in fact, just around the corner from you. There's one around here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And a guy was telling me that it's it's similar. Okay. Yeah. I haven't been there. But no, a lot of times, uh, obviously, in suburbia and in a city, they're just going to be a, you know, just long shooting lanes, almost like a bowling alley or something. Yeah. But, right. uh, it's good fun. That's good. It's it's almost like getting out for a hike. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Speaking of which, I did get out on that public holiday and spent half a day just sitting out in the rainforest. Um, uh, I did a couple of reviews and I think they're going to work out, so I think I'll probably put them up. But it was just cool. I, you know what it's like when you, especially when you're by yourself, I was uh, I brewed up a coffee and I was sitting on the log and I was mucking around with the cameras, and uh, I mean I do talk to myself a lot out there, but I wasn't <laughs> at this particular point. <laughs> and you'll find little birds kind of come down to have a drink or a bird bath, and they don't realise you're there, and then they kind of look up and I don't know, they almost look like they're embarrassed for a second, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they kind of go about their business but it's really cool it's really cool this giant goanna it must have been over uh goanna is a type of um uh lizard in australia or it's more like a monitor isn't it lace monitor yeah i could hear this crashing coming down behind me down through the rainforest floor yeah that's what it is crunch bang crash and i was i was actually filming at the time and i turned and looked behind me and i just saw this dude just plowing through the bush yeah and it got to about i stopped talking i was just watching it and it got to probably 10 meters away and then it almost again it almost looked embarrassed that it hadn't noticed me sooner it just stopped dead and was looking at me and went oh oh my god there's a human <laughs> i should have known you were there yes. and then um and then it just absolutely shit itself and took off and ran up this tree and i was just laughing <laughs> that was good it's always good to kind oh, of immerse yourself it's good to get out on your own isn't it yeah sometimes it's right? great and i i've haven't done it for a long time so yeah. i really enjoyed it hey mate um the question on everybody's lips uh since the last episode is did we find the coffee sachet <laughs> and um did it ruin our friendship when you <laughs> falsely accused me of losing it or hiding it i don't know how to answer that i 
we did find the sachet, didn't we? And it was up near uh, my hammock. So <laughs> I guess I probably should calm down and apologise for that. Um, whatever, <laughs> whatever it's, however it seemed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just yeah, say yeah. We did after we packed up the podcast and took a few photographs and then moved up. There it was. Yeah. Craig goes, oh, oh, it's right here. It's right next to my hammock. (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, managed to leave no trace, but just some small scars in my uh, um, soul. It's the only thing we left. (laughs) Okay. I will jump over to our sponsors because I was just so excited about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'll finish off the news. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Rios Floating Sunglasses, caribbee.com, who are makers of fine uh, gear packs, uh, backpacks, waterproof backpacks, all sorts of cool stuff like that. Topo Maps Plus, which is the phone app that we use uh, to navigate when we're out in the woods the wilderness and Bluey Merino who supply us with our ultra fine merino underwear midwear overwear sockwear so thanks to those guys and this particular episode has an extra sponsor and that is Grail Water Purifiers. Uh, so thanks very much for supporting us on this episode, guys. Now, I'm going to drop a bit of a downer on this podcast right now, Craig. Because somebody emailed me last week and brought to my attention an article that they had written and they said that they noticed that I'd kind of written some similar articles on our website about the benefits of getting it in the outdoors and, and enjoying um, enjoying uh, the wilderness and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, so first of all, that's conservationinstitute.org. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, guys. I, I do did really enjoy a lot of the articles and I'm going to continue reading a lot more of them. But what I did discover, Craig, was this one particular article titled Hiking Health Benefits, uh, Hike to the Most Exotic Trails on the East Coast. Yeah. There's something called, I'm going to make an acronym out of it, NDD. What do you think that might be? NDD. It is Nature Deficit Disorder. And at first I thought it was... um, just something that was kind of coined for this particular article, but when I read on, oh. it uh, it's a thing, and it's quite simply, um, it's quite simply when you don't spend enough time outdoors, um, and that can lead to a lot of health issues: obesity, cardiovascular disease, um, diabetes, anxiety, depression, mental fatigue. What what they're basically saying is um, getting outside in any way, shape or form is beneficial to um, humans 
in a heck of a lot of ways. I get it. Yeah. You know, obviously this article's um, centered a lot around hiking, but uh, that kind of made me a bit sad to think that in a very short amount of time, civilization has got to a point where we decide to make an an actual disorder, which is about not getting outside. So, uh, Mm. look, it is a good... It is a good article. It's wealth. It's worth reading, and certainly worth sharing with, with friends and people that are thinking about getting into it. Um, so many people don't quite get involved with the outdoors, eh? I know. It's uh, it's. It, I guess it's easy to <clears throat> get sucked up into work, and then um, every other convenience that we have that doesn't require us getting outside yeah and that just kind of hit home that but look as i said it's really worth a read i'll put a link to it okay show notes uh if you are new to the podcast welcome thank you and if you go to hikeordie.com then navigate your way to the podcast page there is a list of all the episodes that we've done and you can actually click on the episode you're looking for and that'll take you to a page where I've listed all of the kind of major topics that we hit, uh, any website references, um, any shout-outs, any cool videos or whatever that we think are worth sharing with you guys. So, um, yeah, spare that in mind and enjoy. If there's ever anything I miss on there, just hit me up somewhere on social media and say, hey, you spoke about... Um, this thing and you didn't post it, do mm. your job properly and get it on there, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee someone's going to send me a message like that. Yeah. Uh, last episode, mate, that uh, apart from the great um, coffee sachet saga of 2018, mm-hmm. uh, it, it stirred up a bit of conversation. And I mean, I knew it would. It was kind of meant to, right? Yeah. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened, it was about um, leave no trace, trail etiquette, all those sorts of things about sharing the outdoors. And I actually want to spend a bit of time going through some of the uh, the comments from these. These appeared on uh, our Instagram post where I, um, uh, how would you say it? The Instagram post where I showed people that the, the the episode was ready. Yeah. So, um, the girl with crayons writes, "You refer to this podcast as possibly a bit negative, but I see nothing but positives. Taking care of our natural environments is a responsibility that belongs to everyone." and allowing our future generations to experience the same experiences we do today. Your adventure is not going to be ruined by having some planning and care. Experience is the best souvenir. Mm. Um, great episode, guys. Thank you very much, Yeah. firstly, for that. we I think I might have mentioned it during the podcast. In fact, I'm almost positive I did, but we certainly mentioned it beforehand on that topic is it something that we want to get into? Because um, mm. uh, we were worried that the whole episode might just be me complaining. 
complaining <laughs> yeah. about, about everyone other people. else. Yeah. About everyone else except me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I'm glad that some people took the positive side of it. Yeah, That's good. fantastic. It's good to hear. Um, now, eight, Adam, eight. Numeral eight, Adam, numeral eight. Mm. Simply asked... Is leave no trace possible? Which I thought, wow, that's a heavy question, man. Like you really put it on me. I thought, because I understand the context of that. Like, and uh, yeah, so I, I replied a, a really good question. Um, and I, my reply to that was, I think there is most definitely varying degrees of leave no trace. It takes effort, but I think it's possible in the majority of situations if we're aiming for a hundred percent leave no trace and we don't quite get there every time well i think it's better than not aiming for that at all and not getting close we've got to try right yeah um adam then came back to say i would argue my opinion but a vast majority of humans can't be trusted with the beautiful landscapes it seems leave no trace is a good goal yeah. Um, I said then that's a fa- um, that's not an argument that's a fact um, usually the one walking out of the wilderness carrying other people's trash in my pockets we just have to keep fighting the good fight thanks for the comments you know it's really it got people thinking if that's what yeah. if that's what the purpose was then we've succeeded um, so I really appreciate people giving us that feedback um, any thoughts on that, Craig? Oh, it is good to see people talking about this stuff because um, I, I guess you have to have a little bit of a discussion about this stuff or it just gets overlooked. Well, uh, yeah, and I often think about this podcast and I think obviously it's just us channeling our opinions um, based on our own experiences, but at the same time, if we're not throwing a bit of spice in there, um, then essentially hmm. it just becomes us having a conversation about <laughs> yeah, nothing really, you know. Yeah, well, I guess there are some people out there just, um, you know, making a mess of the place and hmm. it it's upsetting. So um, if we don't sort of have a little dialogue about it, we don't know what each other's thinking or how we can, you know, you just address it better. Yeah. So that's good. Very good. Again, Very good. thank you guys. I do appreciate you taking the time to um, get keep those conversations going. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep going because I'm not, I'm not going to do the, the typical shout-outs on this episode. Hmm. I'm going to continue to go through some really good uh, feedback and questions and queries that we have been receiving uh, since the first episode that I've never really gone into. Uh, and essentially, there'll they'll be shout-outs in themselves, if you know what I mean. Um, I, I wouldn't even know how to pronounce this. Magellanav something. Anyway, um, 13. This is on Instagram as well. Just found your podcast and just finished this episode. You've definitely got yourself a new subscriber. Keep up the great content. Um, it was a lot of fun listening to you guys teach and to hear what you had to say. 
um, it almost made me feel like I was there hiking with you, which was a pretty cool experience since I sit in my car all day for work. <laughs> I thought that was awesome <laughs> because that's the episode where yeah. uh, one of the only two episodes where we've sat out in the wilderness and recorded it. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which is great. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. It's awesome, good. mate. Thanks for the comment. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep... Keep putting them out as 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 long as yeah, they're uh, keep listening. Yeah, that's right. As long as I know people are listening, we just keep keep smashing them out. All right, I shall continue because ah oh, somebody on iTunes and now I don't know if this is a person that also follows us elsewhere. All I know is it's Jubbers or Jubers J U B E R R Z. And uh, his or her comment was, love them. And they gave us five stars. Thank you. Mm. Um, Not only do I appreciate the sentiment of that, but it really goes to um, increasing the ratings, obviously, of the podcast. And, you know, you don't have to be a scientist to understand how that helps us uh, rank and all that sort of stuff. So thank, thanks for that. Thanks for the people who have taken the time to do that. Mm. Now, here's what her comment was. First time ever hearing about these guys, I checked out their first episode and found them super entertaining to listen to. That's awesome. That's um, I'm not just saying that because I want to hear that for my own ego. I'm saying that's awesome <laughs> because it's listed on iTunes. Yeah, it's kind of uh, right. Yeah. Black and white. <laughs> I just want to read all the cool shit people have said about <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, Very gratifying. Thank uh, you. No, it's, 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 uh, it's humbling. It's cool. <laughs> all right. I got a really good one coming up here, Craig. <laughs> I got a really good one. A guy called Jim Denham. Uh, Jim, I know you won't mind me saying your whole name because it is your username as well. (laughs) Jim Denham photo. Mm -hmm. What's the first message from him? Bear with me. Here we go. Good stuff, guys. New subscriber here in Lexington, TN. What's is that Tennessee? What's TN? Oh, I've got no idea. TN. Oh, wow, this is embarrassing. Lexington. Hang on. He's sitting there right now talking to the computer uh, to the podcast. Going, it's this. It's this. Um, United States TN. Something Nebraska or something. Nashville, Tennessee. Ah, right. Nashville, Tennessee. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so Lexington TN. Okay. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's confusing me. Jeez, if you're not from Nashville, Tennessee, this is getting super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's from somewhere in America. No, it says it there. Look, TN. TN. Yeah, Nashville. Okay, I hope that's right. Doesn't matter. Jim, it doesn't matter, mate. We appreciate it. Um, anyway, he says, I'm new to hiking and love photography. Keep up, keep up the good work. Uh, I basically wrote back and said, awesome, great. Good to know you um, are new to hiking. That's exciting. That's when he's come back and said, 
Um, my longest hike to date is a little over five miles, so I'm getting there. Keep in mind, back in January, January this year, he weighed 365 pounds, mm. approximately 161 kilos. Okay, yeah. In January. Yeah, right. Um, and have since lost 70 pounds, um, with the last bit partially due to hiking. I've quickly got to plug in 70 pounds because there's some listeners in the metric system. Okay, so he's lost 31 kilos. That's ah, that makes more sense. Huge. See, that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Um, then he says, um, listening to podcasts like yours keeps me juiced to get out there. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, that means a lot. That's it good. does, and I and I, I sort of wrote back and said, if if that's um. If that's the kind of uh, effect that, that that this podcast is having on anybody, even if it's just Jim, even if just Jim gets something out of this, yep, job done. Job Let's done. just pack it up. Let's just close it at seven episodes. Yeah, <laughs> quit while we're ahead. Cool. Uh, no, I like that. That's yeah, great. yeah, it's awesome. Jim, Jim actually then um, wrote us a message on on Facebook as well and went. Um, right into his kind of fitness journey. Um, he talks about his first hike being three quarters of a mile and it almost killed him. And he, um, they were going to shoot a sunrise because Jim's actually a fantastic photographer. His uh, website is jimdenhamphotography.com. Look at this, Craig. Oh, jeez. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, that's great absolute beautiful photography there so what happened was they had obviously planned to wow i know it's it's good isn't it so they've obviously planned to go and capture this sunrise but because of jim's lack of fitness and a three-quarter of a mile hike he they almost missed the sunrise and and uh he was worried that he was gonna let the whole team down because Mm. he couldn't make it but um he says since then, after four months of walking, um, he not only can get up that three quarters of a mile with ease, but he can do it in 18 minutes now, <laughs> which is pretty awesome, man. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. I, I just, uh, I don't know what to say. It's really cool. As I said, it's humbling, and it's if it's helping, then um, good. And, and I actually said to Jim... I asked Jim um, in a private message if I could share this information with the podcast. And, uh, you know, he said, if this helps somebody else, by all means, go for it, which is awesome as well. And I said to him, you know, you're an inspiration. He said, oh, you know, I don't think so. But but I disagree. I think that uh, Mm. he's, he's smashing it and... I just love that he's also awesome. got a keen. Like, all these photos are landscape. You know, he wants to. I know that's exactly enjoy what the I outdoors thought. And that's exactly what I thought. Is look at them. If you think about these photographs, no disrespect to Jim, but these photographs, anything before, um, anything before January this year, these photographs must have been within kind of driving distance, right? 
Yeah. Because Jim didn't have the fitness to do this. But can you imagine now and in the future how much further he's going to be able to kind of get into the wilderness and mm-hmm. get some crazy stuff that maybe other people uh, don't have the fitness to get in and get? Yeah, I just can see him now going through that lens and getting into these places a bit more. Yeah. So what's uh, the name of that site again? This is Jim Denham Photography. Excellent. D E N H A M photography.com. As I said before, I'll chuck a link in. Uh, and his um nice. his uh Instagram as well. He shares his um photography on Instagram and cool. and his fitness progress as well. So Oh, well, that's a shout out, man. That's good. Yeah, man, for sure. Absolutely. That's that's what I was saying before the um going back through these comments will actually turn into shout outs anyway beautiful now the same girl with crayons sent me a message um funnily enough it was there for ages but i didn't notice it because it it just kind of went into it went into the background in instagram but anyway i only noticed it this week you're gonna laugh at this craig because (laughs) i'm just gonna have to read it Hi guys, I just started listening to your podcast and while I wasn't sure what to think of your slow, relaxed style. (laughs) Yes, there's a bit of that. (laughs) Uh, I soon come to love it. Um, (laughs) And for the great tangents. (laughs) And I just thought, you poor, poor people (laughs) that have to join us on tangents. I think that's why the coffee saga was... So important to people because it was a tangent that it just stopped. Podcast stopped and people were going, no, 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 no. What happened? What happened? I can't sleep tonight. Jeez. Uh, anyway, she, she says very kind comments like that she can tell that we're not, um, we enjoy um, being outdoors, the emotions around that and that we're not afraid to kind of go into those deeper uh feeling kind of conversations which um yeah i definitely like that this is another funny comment she makes um i'll admit i was nervous when i saw your episode titled hiking with girls (laughs) (laughs) so was i (laughs) and again exactly the same sentiment there as with the leave no trace it's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. And I didn't mind stirring the pot a little bit. But uh, anyway, she goes on to say, hiking with girls, as I do whenever men refer to women as girls. But was so <laughs> glad to be proven wrong. And it was a great episode. I All right. Oh, phew. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, she's uh, gearing up for a... She wants to be on... A, the Bill, no, Bib, Bibleman. No, I can't even say that. Have you heard of this? Bibleman track, I think it's called. Um, yeah, she's going to hike that in 2020. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but if her partner doesn't want to do it, she's yep. doing it by herself. Oh, She's, kick she's committed. She's committed. She's uh, and 2020, s- that's two years. So yeah, not even that now. Is so. that America? No, no. I, that, that's an, what, what are you I'm, trying to say? That's an Australian one. Oh, okay. I don't know. I can't I can't pronounce it. It's a, obviously an Aboriginal word. Um, 
Oh, right. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, thanks for the uh, backhanded compliments, girl with crowns. <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. No, I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of um, do that. And I know, I know, I said to her in my response, I know I talk slow. I know. <laughs> it's just me. Like, people at work think that I'm lazy. I'm like, hang on, there's a difference. Yeah. I'm just, I'm casual. I'm not lazy. <laughs> Yeah, it happens. It, I have to Anything. listen to this stuff when no, I me too, man. I put it to together it. and again and again, and um, it's good to listen to when you're trying to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I didn't want to rush that because I've been putting it off for a while, and it is important to us. But I also think that some of the things I just mentioned are. Uh, cool stories uh, and bits of information that other people need to know. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's why I didn't want to do a straight shout out today. Oh, good. So, if I may, I will continue on to the subject today, mm. uh, which I kind of loosely titled uh, Outdoor Adventure and Trail Safety. Now, the reason I thought this was timely was that in the US, did you say you thought it was just North America? That's what I asked you. Oh, right. Sorry, I wasn't I sure. Said, yeah. Look, I think it's the US in general. Um, they have a National Preparedness Month. And this year, maybe it's every year, I don't know, but this year it's in September, which is now. And uh, the website is ready.gov forward slash September. Again, I will link to it. I was having a look through there. We do, we do very similar things here in Australia. But since over 60% of our listeners are from the US, I thought um, we might as well do something closer to home for those guys and tie it in. So while their kind of website and everything is around... I guess, general preparedness for their, um, um, what would you call it, Craig? Um, you know, over here we have... <coughs> bushfires. Yeah, we have cyclones. bushfire season, obviously getting close to summer. Then we have a cyclone season. Um, yeah. We often have um, floods off the back of summer as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we kind of um, tend to... They tend to break up throughout the year. Um but I guess in, in this case, they're focusing on September, getting ready for the rest of the year over there, which is pretty cool. Now, they're obviously talking about everything within the home as well, you know, literally kind of tidying up the yard, I guess, battening down the hatches, making sure they've got food and water and, and alternative power and all that sort of stuff. So we're not going to go into that, but I wanted to kind of do a bit of an angle for um, being prepared on the trail. Some of the things, in fact, will link straight back to um, stuff that you can do around the home anyway mm. um, without going into any detail. Things like water purification, that's something we do on the trail all the time. It's something that's very important. It's something that you would need to know about for home as well. Yeah. If, if, the, top, if the tap stops running um, and you have to get your water from elsewhere, you, straight away you've got a problem if you don't know what you're doing. 
often, yeah, often mm. the gear that we pack to take on a hike is a, is a sort of pack you'd have if a disaster happened around the it house. Is, it is so close to a bug out bag. It's not yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it absolutely is. And I keep a lot of um, bits and pieces, uh, you know, because we've accumulated so much gear over the years. I've kind of got two of everything. Yeah, me too. I keep a bunch in my car. In the car. Yeah. So I've kind of got a mini mini setup there if my car was to break down um i'd be fine mm. yeah sure i'd be a bit hungry and uncomfortable but there's a sleeping bag in there and there's other bits and pieces and a jacket and all sorts of stuff you know yep so yeah um let's get into it mate i i know we both wrote a whole bunch of notes and as I started to write my notes, I remembered that I'd written an article about um, about getting into... It, it was about solo hiking, but it was uh, one component of that article was about safety in general, specifically for solo hiking. Mm. But the same goes for any anyone walking on the trail, right? Yeah. Now, I just want to read a little quick couple of sentences here. This is directly from the article. Safety is often thought of, of as only the equipment you carry or to administer first aid or to keep yourself from harm. That is incorrect. It's much more than that. Safety is a mindset you need to adopt right from the planning phase of your trip through to arriving at home at the end of your journey in one piece. Wow. You need to be asking yourself questions like, what if the weather suddenly changes for the worst? What if I need to spend an extra night out in the wilderness than I planned? Or what if an injury prevents me from making my way home? I took that little snippet out because I think it's poignant to uh, everything we're about to talk about. And we discussed it briefly in a few text messages over the last few days about this is not a podcast about what to do when the shit hits the fan when you're hiking. It's about also, more so, about what to do before you even get to that point. Right. So that maybe 90% of the time it won't happen, but if it does, you've got your, your stuff in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that note, the first thing that I wrote down was your own physical fitness and health. <clears throat> That doesn't sound like um, trail safety at all. But my point there is, if you're not fit and healthy or if you're not in the state that you need to be in to complete whatever your journey is, if it's a half-day hike, if it's a seven-day hike, if it's a four-day canoe trip, whatever it is, if you haven't got yourself in a good state for it, straight away, before you even turn up, you are, uh, how can I say it, running a risk. Yeah, it's a risk for sure. Yeah. Yep. So you're already behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. You're already, all you need then is a few other unfortunate incidents to accumulate mm-hmm. and you're in a bad place. Sure. Uh, on the back of that, if you are fit and healthy the experience is going to be greatly increased anyway right sure so why not get out there and enjoy it i mean i definitely know from years of hiking that 
it's much easier to take a photograph at the top of a ridge when you're not almost vomiting. Absolutely. <laughs> but I guess I would say if you are struggling with your fitness, just plan a slightly easier trail. You yeah. Know, make sure you just uh, choose a suitable trail, I suppose. Otherwise, mm. you get yourself into risk there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that, that's that what you're leads, getting at? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that also leads into my next point, which was um, to make sure that you assess your skills yeah. and realistically gauge yeah, sure. where you're at and yeah. where, where this adventure is going to take you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you can um, do it. Don't get me wrong. We have more often than not. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly broken ourselves. <laughs> Bitten off more than we can chew. <laughs> But it's within that uh, percentage range, right? <laughs> so it's it's within that twenty percent. So we're running at one twenty percent, which is just. And we had all these other things covered too. So oh yeah, so of course, we're, yeah, we were, so we're all right. Yeah, that's right. We we covered everything else so yeah. perfectly. <laughs> we had a first aid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wearing clothing, so good start. Yeah, we, we we're constantly pushing, and I think that's um something that. Craig and I enjoy, but as I said, push it by 5%, push it by 10%, um, don't push it by 70%. Uh, again, that's, that's, um, it's going to start to encroach on your mental fortitude and, and, uh, once that starts to crumble, there's not much left, is there? No. (laughs) We've been in some, we've been in some dire situations, they've all been self-inflicted, and uh, we've been up against it and uh, we've been rained on, stormed on. And I think that just keeping that, keeping your wits about you and, as you said, Craig, covering off as many of the other things as possible. Yeah, because, I mean, that that's sometimes where the passion and the fun lies is in that pushing those limits. And I, I, I know people want to do that. So, But then you must realise there's a fair bit of risk. And I see too many people getting out on the trail, not expecting any issues. They, they expect to be able to get home by, by dark, dark or they expect no injury to keep them out there overnight. And, yeah, so once you start pushing those first two points, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you may have to um, prepare for some Exactly. There's a – that is bang on. There's a point that I make in another article, and I can't remember which one it is, where I said – it's as ridiculous as saying, I'm going to drive to, um, I'm going to drive three suburbs away today, or I'm going to drive 100 kilometers today. That's my destination. Let me just calculate the exact amount of, amount of fuel that it takes, and I'll put that much fuel in my vehicle. That, that sounds absolutely stupid because it is. Because you would know that, oh, what if I, there's a detour. What if um, something happens to my car and I have to drive to a mechanics and then by the time I get back on the highway, uh, you know, I don't have the petrol to get there because I've just done an extra 15 kilometers or miles that I didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. You, you take way more fuel than you need. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like saying, well, it's not raining. I won't take a rain mm-hmm. jacket. Mm-hmm. It's not raining. I don't need it. Yeah. Man, things go downhill. I, t- oh, I, 
every time I've got this thing set up in um, Google News where I can type in um, topics. So when I go to Google News, I see um, all the stuff I'm interested in. And one of the um, topics that I've chosen or one of the keywords that it searches for is hiking. 99.9% of the stories that come up are lost hikers, dead hikers, killed hikers, missing hikers. Yeah. I'm talking every week. Yeah. Obviously, this is global news, so it's not um, all Australia or it's not all US. Mm. It's every week. And when you read the stories and these um, people's comments of saying, well, I was just heading out for... It was only a two-hour hike, yep. and three days later they <clears throat> they come back. Oh, it's not just hikers though; it's people that it's ride horses and yeah. small groups or whatever. Yeah, and all of a sudden they don't make it home that as expected. Mm. And you know, most people you just you do walk the trail, and um, you know you don't you stay on the trail, you get back to your vehicle, and everything's fine. And, that's right. And, and that might be a pretty simple day out, and yeah. you maybe don't need to over prepare for that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start pushing any sort yeah. of limits. Well, I'd go as far as to say that actually breeds bad habits. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right? That's yeah. reinforcing doing the wrong thing. Sure. If you go out on a half-day hike and take, you know, a half a bottle of water and wear a T-shirt mm. and then you do that 15 times in a row. Yep. And you score perfect you, you, weather every time. You don't see any need to prepare yeah. beyond that. That's right. That That's basically setting you up to say, well, that's the maximum level of preparation I need to do. So, yeah. How many times have we cool. seen people wearing thongs? On, oh, man. <laughs> on some... Um, it's you know, that's incredible, that, yeah. We better, we better clarify that. I was just about to say. <laughs> I was just not, about to say. That's not a G-string, <laughs> you know what I mean? Our um, foreign friends right now are probably thinking <laughs> I need to know where these hiking spots are <laughs> where people are walking around in thongs. Yeah, not not Noosa, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. We uh in Australia we call thongs um what are they? They you know it's like those Haviana things. They're yeah. flip flops in New Zealand. They're almost a sandal of sorts. Um I can't think of any other pluggers. Pluggers. <laughs> pluggers, double pluggers. They're all sorts of things, but <clears throat> they are not underwear. Um, yeah, just to be clear, we've never seen anyone hiking in underwear. <laughs> Except ourselves. <laughs> Craig is cracking another beer. Yep. He's getting into the birthday spirit. <coughs> Dragging it out. This. There's, there's a whole bag of salt and vinegar chips there, but I kind of... Um, I shoved a pile in my mouth before we went live, and now I just can't touch them. Too noisy. Yeah. I'm surprised we never got any complaints on that episode where I ate the um, meat pie Pringles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, nobody complained about that. (laughs) Good. Okay, Craig. Mm -hmm. Communication. Yeah. Again, I'm going to start by going one step back from what you're all thinking by the word communication, and that is telling somebody 
where you're going, uh, how long you expect to be out there, and when you expect to be back, and then contacting them when you return. Especially if you're going out solo. Oh, yeah. Especially. So I know you and I, over the years, have, um, because we always hike similar areas, to, areas together, we quite often get a text from one another saying, hey, I'm heading out to this spot where we camped that night. I'm going to go past there and I'm going to hang out at the waterfall and I'll text you again at uh, 1 p.m. when I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect to send a text to someone who knows the spot, I reckon. Exactly. I um, mean... The number of times I'll send a text through to home, but they don't really know the spot. It's better to send it to you yeah. if I'm going on my own or with someone else and say to Tom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gee, tell anybody, yeah, right? tell anybody. But, uh, yeah. but it de- definitely <laughs> helps. Like I always think if I'm telling Craig, hey, remember that spot we went and we did X, Y, Z? Yeah. That's where I'm going today. If you don't hear from me by this time, you know where to find me exactly where to find me because i'm only going to take the route uh the specific route that we and i think it's important to then um stick to that Mm. i know that uh recently we broke that rule um yeah yeah big time like (laughs) we were so far away from due to a few circumstances beyond our control the there was some closed trails yeah we ended up hiking in a completely different area so the people that we told um where we were going um didn't didn't actually know that we'd changed routes um it was a calculated risk i thought that at least they knew the general area and that hopefully our vehicle would uh would give us away if anything happened but also because there were two of us i felt that uh, if anything happened yeah. One of us could kind of, um, you know, stay put and the other one could go for help. Yeah, we were well prepared yeah. along the lines of this podcast, I suppose, but that we didn't tick that box and that could have been what brought us down that yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even when we were... No one knew where we were. No, even when we were moving to the new location, um, we came back into cell phone range, so mobile phone range. We could have... And we, we did could it. have let... But we didn't know out. then, in fact. That's right. We didn't know that that it was going to work. By the work. time we decided what we were doing, we were out of range. We were back into such dense area that we did have no communication again. So you just got a yeah calculated risk, I guess. But mm. most of the time, you know where you're going. You can tell people. Yeah, that's right. Do it. And I, and I guess I'm talking about the crazy stuff we do, um, which was that was all off trail. That was um, just, yeah, pretty rigorous but that wasn't just um about walking down safe kind of easy trails either no okay so yeah let someone know for goodness sakes let somebody know yeah but communication is obviously going to flow into your cell phone your mobile phone yep most people have one of them most people have one of those um, a personal locator beacon or PLB. They are cool. They are cool. They are, um, they've come a long way. They're very small, I'd say, um, volume wise. They're 
about the, take up about the same space as a foam, but they're just a different shape, you know, a little bit chunkier. Mm-hmm. Mine, I just noticed uh, the um, it's actually gone past. Oh, I saw Craig's just handed me his. Um, <coughs> I think you showed this to me. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it made by Rescue Me as well? Oh, that's pretty cool. I did see this one. This is probably in the top sort of three or four units, this one. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, as, and affordable as well. Yeah, 300 and something Australian. Yeah, yeah. So my, I need to um, replace mine because... Seven year life? Well, it said five, I think. Oh, okay. Battery cool. life. Yeah, battery. This has got seven for sure. Yeah, so now I'm on right on the cusp of that and... Uh, I just can't, you can't take the chance, right? I can't yeah. just say, ah, oh, it should be, it'll be right for another six months. Well, what if it's only good for five months and yeah, 20, so we, 29 days? And then when I go to activate it, it, it goes, it sends a signal out for three minutes and then goes flat. Yeah. Again, it's just, it, it'll be stupidity if I end up out there and I've got that one with the flat battery. So yeah, right. I'm going to upgrade the one I'm looking at. It's got a 10 year battery. So oh, cool. I don't have to remember to change it. Yeah, so we should just clarify it's a device that just sends a signal to the satellites and alerts the emergency services to your location. Yep, it tells every satellite in the world um, and pinpoints your location. You can't send any particular message along with this one. There are some that do allow yeah, you to correct. Mine's communicate. not as well. Mine's literally just if you flip that aerial and hit the button, then you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. Um, which is why you need to register them um, yep. so they know who is who the person is that's um, putting out the signal so they can also... They immediately contact the, your relatives. That's right, next relatives, of kin, yep. that sort of thing. So whoever you've uh, registered as your next of kin, they'll contact them, I guess, basically to say, hey, this has, it, been, is the, this has been triggered. Yeah. Is that person away or was it stolen or was it an accident or whatever? So they can verify that, yes, you you definitely are in that area so it's definitely legit yeah uh mine i believe um pinpoints you around about 20 meters accuracy or something but some of them now are within three meters so definitely greatly improved right uh, those gps signals um is this one waterproof mate yeah, I think, I think it is. So. I'm pretty sure it and is. And that thing floats that it's housed in? Oh, well, yeah. Better be so waterproof because it'd be, waterproof, it'd be pretty it? shit if it floated, but <laughs> it, was, it wasn't waterproof. waterproof. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's start that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it floats, man. It's, I paid extra for this floating one. <laughs> just don't get it wet, right? Yeah, don't get it wet. If it rains, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I've... Um, it's funny the one I've got they make exactly the same model for almost exactly the same price and one floats and one doesn't and I mean we don't even spend oh I guess I did use it on the canoe trip but predominantly we're hiking and I just think well might as well get a buoyant one I wonder I mean side issue but I wonder if in in boating if you're allowed to use that instead of an EPIRB or whether you still need an EPIRB uh, it's a good question I think the boat needs one fitted yeah as well the vessel itself otherwise because there's different types of ones whenever you google um plbs there's a uh even the company that made mine actually make a more marine specific one has a big strobe light on top and everything 
Yeah, yeah. So if you clipped it to your vest or your, your uh, what do you call it? Your yeah. flotation device, it has this massive strobe light that will run for 24 hours. And I hate to be this person that's about to say it, but if you've got one of these things, the best place for it is on your person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not not as much as in your pack. I know that... <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of putting mine in my pack. A lot of the times when stuff happens, you're um, away from your pack. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. They've definitely taken... Some of the some models have taken that into consideration and made uh, the... Um, this here has a pretty cool belt loop and it's a really rugged little pack. The yeah. one I'm looking at comes with an armband if you really wanted to get... Yeah, right. That's serious, depending on what you're doing. I mean, who knows um, for other sports like mountain biking or something uh, yeah. or rock climbing, if you got cliff, sure. cliffed out or something, if you got to a point where you, you got to a ledge, you, you couldn't move. climb up and you can't get back down, then it's on your arm. It's not uh, It's not going to get dropped or, or you didn't leave it down with your pack with all of your cliff bars. Yeah, and without... <laughs> dragging on this topic i guess they're mainly for when you're out of phone range it's not dragging on the topic you're saving somebody's life mate <laughs> <laughs> it might be might be otherwise we're just talking and talking about something yeah. you know? it depends how you look at it oh just skip that mate i don't need to survive <laughs> just more into hiking spur of the moment oh yeah man, i can't even remember what i was saying. i was like <laughs> you know one day somebody said to me um uh, oh yeah, I love your um, I love that hike and die logo that you've got. Hike and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I said, correction, you do have the option of dying or not dying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's not mandatory. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I thought that was gold. And it just rolled off the tongue. They didn't even know what they'd said wrong. Oh jeez. Sorry, Craig, you were going on and on about <laughs> on and on about something and I can't even remember the point you well, were making. Oh, can we move on then? Maybe Sure, um, fine. The yep. next if that one mod- little nugget of wisdom could have saved someone, but forget about forget it. Forget about that. It wasn't important. Yeah, don't even get one. <laughs> don't even get one. Oh, what I was gonna Actually, say. Actually one's coming up to seven you, years, you can buy mine. Oh, own. you're pulling on my headphone thing, you, oh. you bloody goose. You, Holy shit, his legs tangled around his... No, it's, it's, oh, your it's, foot. It's, me. it's your foot. I thought he was falling on the ground from too many beers. How did I do that? Tap on your foot. I take that back. Oh, now we're one and one. Mm-hmm. You accusing me of the coffee. Mm-hmm. That's awkward. Cut that out of the podcast. <clears throat> uh, I was going to say, I was going to touch back on your topic where some um, personal locator beacons have um messaging capabilities what so what you have to do there is you actually have to sign up for almost like a fan uh, a fan a plan you almost have to sign up for a plan similar to a mm-hmm. cell phone plan where um and they're pretty expensive okay okay they're pretty bloody expensive they're yep. almost like the cost of the unit itself per year after that yeah, since we talked, remember we talked yeah, a we week or two ago? Yeah, we talked And yeah. I looked into the price of the sat sleeves. So that's for your iPhone. You have a sleeve. Oh, yeah, right. You told me about that. And it has a large antenna for satellite phone calls. Yeah. But those sleeves are like 700 Australian. Holy shit. And 
I don't know. I, I don't think you need another plan. I think it, you just have to have a sim in that phone. Okay. Wait, well, how much is a satellite phone? I've got no idea anyway. Yeah, probably is around it? that anyway. I don't know. Maybe it's more. Maybe. maybe but that's it's another more. option if you wanted to yeah. have, you know, you're out of range and you want some, some it depends the, uh, communication. It depends how much you're frequenting these areas and what you're doing out there. If it, if it was, um, like I was saying to someone um, the other day, if it was your work, if you were going out and having to, you know, go on these adventures every week for, I don't know what purpose. Um, well, a lot of people in Australia do, man. They travel yeah, and there's no true. signal between towns. No, but those people carry satellite phones. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and maybe even... Oh, UHF. Yeah, yep. Which makes my last little dot point sound really stupid and lame. I wrote whistle. <laughs> 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 kind of go to a different level, doesn't it? Tweet, tweet. I'm in trouble. I'm tweet, tweet. I'm dying. <laughs> that's, that's not funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same impact. <laughs> I know. It's not funny. But it, it sounds like... <laughs> okay, let me frame this. It sounds like the 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 um the stupid cousin of the personal locator beacon. <laughs> but it's not. No. It is not there's, the there's, whistle. The whistle <laughs> luckily, pierces. Luckily there's there's an obvious one in between there, which is uh GPS. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna say um flute. <laughs> No, the, the whistle. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to talk about the whistle because they're good. Um, my backpack has a whistle built into the strap. Uh, I have a whistle in the end of my light my fire fire starter uh-huh. in the handle. Yeah. The purpose of the whistle is if you are hiking and you get into trouble, it will cut through every other sound in the wilderness. It'll just... like It's so... If you hit those three short bursts and then wait a minute or whatever, two minutes, five minutes, whatever, and then hit that again and then just keep hitting that, eventually somebody's going to... If you're in... uh, places where other um, people are frequenting. Perhaps you've just left the trail um, to take care of business and then you've, um, you know, fallen into a crevasse or something. Hopefully you're not going to be too far from the trail and eventually someone's going to walk past and they're going to hear that. It's a very distinct noise. There's no other reason for uh, whistle, those kind of whistle noises to be in the forest. Um, it doesn't sound like a bird or anything. I love it. They're the old school, I mean, way of getting help. I love to say that um, my main pack has one on the chest strap. Yeah. So even if I break both my legs and my arms, it, I can yeah. still just lean down and as long as you whistle. kind of. Yeah, even if you kind of broke your back, you almost just be able to just still be able get your almost face get there. there. Yeah. But it's pretty good, actually. I was surprised to see that there. So the little clip that yeah, you've yeah, seen the, it, right. The, yeah. um, what do you call it? The sternum strap. 
So yeah, yeah the little clip, the clasp for it has a little whistle built in, which is very yeah. I've got a couple you, of different packs with that. Have which you? I think's All right. cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have it on my, earlier packs, so I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah, and <laughs> no, my the Tasmanian Tiger has got that. Has it? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Makes sense. And I think that. Oh wow! Gonna hope I don't speak out of turn here. I think that Caribbean pack has got it. Mm. That Patriot one that I was wearing. Oh on the right. Last I'm almost sure that's got a whistle built into it. Hope we never have to use it. Yeah, yeah, except for kind of tunes around the campfire. Yeah. I want to get another drink. Craig, do you want to talk about clothing or something? <laughs> right, yes. I can. You get a drink. So, yeah, obviously, um, communication. Yeah, I don't know how we can tie that into clothing. Oh, before you tie it into clothing... Um, we didn't really touch on the GPS, mate. And well, then what happens when shit goes flat? Yeah, well, let's just say that most of us now carry a GPS. And I think the topic is navigation more than communication. Yeah, that's right. I have written it down. So later. let's move to that. Yeah, let's let's um, do exactly that. Do you want to skip clothing? At the moment. Okay, let's, let's, let's we'll go to navigation. So, yeah, obviously... Hold it right there, Craig. I'm going to ruin this party again and say, before you even hit the trail. Before you even hit the trail. Before you even get in your car. No. You should be on Google Earth and, and websites like Wikilocks and planning out your trip. There you go. I said it. Cheers to that. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I guess so. Navigation's all about knowing where you're going and um, how to get there. So, before that's that's a lot about planning, and then having the gear to help you um, make that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, physical maps, physical maps. I find them. I really love the GPS, right? Uh, I mean, we probably would have died a few times without it. Mm. Um, but the physical maps. Uh, you know the amount of times you and I have kind of folded out the physical map. Yep. And then we've got the GPS literally sitting on the map yeah. with a zoomed-in section to show where we are and then we're, we're marrying that up with where we are on the physical map and then kind of getting to know the terrain around us yeah. on a bigger scale. I think that's really useful. I think that mm -hmm. um, leaning towards one or the other is, is a bit risky. Actually, that's probably not true because there's people that can use a map and compass way better than I can even use oh. my GPS. Well, I was quickly going to say that it actually takes a bit of skill to use a GPS correctly. And yeah, that's at, true. At, at first look, it looks easy and it, and it is, but um, even when you're – because it zooms in on certain levels and in and out a lot, it's, it's hard to know. Look, a map can be quite good to study beforehand. Yep. Uh, much better than a GPS for beforehand to study it. Yeah, it is much better. Um, get to know it. You, you can do it on a similar scale when, um, for example, Garmin, I think, have a uh, an app that you can install uh, on your computer and you can kind of pre-plan your trip and then you can transfer that data back over to your GPS. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. so that, that sort of thing, uh, I guess, is the next best thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And also... Like that Wikilocks uh, website is where I planned our Stinson hike from. And I actually downloaded 
other people's uh, GPS trails that the, the, that had done the first half and the last half. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Which is all I could get. Put it together. And then there was the middle section missing, and you and I were using a physical map. Yeah, we in were in the middle section to to get from yeah. the extent of the. And that was the trail. crazy part. That too. was the craziest part. It that was, was hectic. Yeah, it was um, full on. Me, we were <clears throat> traveling uh, on a trail that. Uh, how much do you think that gets used? Not much. Mm. In parts, it was. It was. Uh, but because of the hard to follow, because of the up and down of it yeah. on the overhead map, it didn't look that far, and we yeah. really underestimated how long it was going to take. Completely, I remember that second day when it was kind of mid-afternoon or early afternoon we stopped for another break or a muesli bar and i thought we should yeah. we shouldn't be stopping because <laughs> well i thought i just need to regroup and then i i kind of thought oh wow we've been keeping up a good clip we're moving oh, fast okay, yeah. and then we've looked at where we are with the gps mm. and absolutely shut ourselves yeah i remember thinking we've got to keep and keep holy crap we have yeah. got to get over another two ridges to get to our campsite <laughs> yeah and it was raining and slippery and then what would happen was because this was not a heavily frequented at all like it was not even uh not even a trail in places it was just um it looked like a game trail sort of thing you know when you just see a little bit of disturbed dirt and we, we lost ourselves a few times, but uh, then you would get to a particular place where, <clears throat> without exaggerating, I, I, you know, a hundred foot or more, 150 foot rainforest tree has fallen over in a storm uh, perpendicular to the trail. And you've either got to, on the way down, it takes down another 15 trees and it brings down vines and all sorts of stuff. You either need to navigate your way left or right along the length of the tree or climb over it or in some cases we dropped our packs and crawled under it. But when you have to navigate around, all of a sudden you're not on the trail anymore and that's when it can get pretty risky if you start making wrong turns at those points. <coughs> the... <coughs> Yeah. So yeah, my only other point on navigation was uh, two things basically: landmarks on the way in and out. So if you don't have a map or a GPS, or assuming you still do, I mean, even if you do, still check. I always have a little look around whenever yeah. I can. That's a great sense. point. I've been saved by that on more than one occasion. Just get your bearings. Something that I've uh, written about before is look. Be, look back the other way at yep. regular intervals because when you're walking along a trail or whatever it might be, it, you, you kind of take in all the features a certain way. The second that you turn around and look back the other way, it looks completely different sometimes sure. and you just can't even comprehend that you're, you can't find the bit where you turned off or where was that place we stopped for lunch? Like nothing looks the same. No, it doesn't look the same because you're looking at it from 180 degrees difference. So I do like to kind of every now and then 
Just stop for a second, swing around, look back down the trail, pick out a few features and then and then keep moving along. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about this in the last episode, the um, cans, so the piles of rocks, and that, that one time that um, Jeremy and I were hiking back down um, that canyon... Down the river. Gorge, Coomera. Down the gorge. And we were coming down at a real, like we got up early that morning, we were coming down at a real pace. And I just looked over to the right and I saw this pile of rocks and I thought, that's interesting. And I took about another two steps and I said, whoa, hang on, Jeremy. He was way out in front of me. I said, hang on a second, mate. That's where we have to get off here to find the trail and to link back to get back to our car and he said it couldn't be like it it um it's only taken us you know whatever it took us like two-thirds of the time we've still got another hour or so of hiking or half an hour or whatever it might have been and i said no no i specifically remember the the amount of rocks and the shape of the rocks and where they were and that's it and sure enough we we looked three meters into the bush and there was the trail and honestly if we had have gone past that and kept plugging along for another hour then we would have gone for another hour thinking oh we better keep going and then we better keep going yeah i don't think at any point we would have thought well let's turn around and go back yeah so yeah i'm grateful for that <clears throat> little landmarks that and that's how those that put that pile of rocks there <laughs> That's how those horrible stories start, mate. So glad you made it out. And so I guess it goes without saying that a lot of this gear has batteries. So make sure you're charged. Um, we've I've had a lot of gear fail, uh, batteries fail on trips. And so I've got a really good quality um, power bank, despite the little bit extra weight in the pack. That make, thing's heavy, man. It is, it is. It's good. It is, it, it, but it'll last for a week, you know. Well, yeah. I think so. Yeah, and it's if good everything for when we set up the disco lights at our camp. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit over the top, actually, but um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've got everything running off. It wouldn't off. be so bad if you didn't need to drag that trolley to carry it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I do seriously. I've converted everything to USB um, supply now so that I have obviously phones, GPS, stereo pens, head torch, uh, even lanterns. There's a couple of other things. You have a bit of a brutal stereo pen story about running out of battery oh, that's or what, failing, have you not? That's what, yeah, that's what um, hurt me one day when I. <clears throat> uh, Arrived at a campsite I, on, my sol- on a solo adventure that I decided I would uh, not need too much water for, but just knew that there was a lovely stream at the bottom of the hill, and it's a decent hill. So it's d- not a hill, man. <laughs> You've been up, haven't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, I've been up there. <laughs> it's steep. Holy heck. It's, yeah, so, and I kind of had some water, but I thought, what I'll do, it's, I've got here in heaps of time, on my own, I've got nothing important to do here so what i'm going to do is run down and grab some dirty water and sterilize it a bit while i'm there and bring it up so i left the campsite with no water but an empty bottle and decided to just hike down take my pen and um 
yeah, clean up the water at the bottom. Well, sorry to interrupt. We will go Talk into details into. about what a SteriPen is later. So yeah, yeah, it, it's just a way of pu- uh, uh, purifying water. Sorry, mate. Continue. Yeah. But if anyone from SteriPen is listening, there is no indicator <laughs> on it. When you turn, I can turn the thing on, and it ha- it has. If anyone from SteriPen, of course they're listening, mate. Everyone listens to this. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually not why I was saying it. I just, I just feel like telling them that. I know what you mean. No, 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 for sure. I, I think um, <laughs> <laughs> there was no like even because what happens is it works and it's it comes up that it's fine. But once you start to uh, stir the pen in the water, it it just turns off and there's not enough charge to actually do the the thing it's got to do. And so you're supposed to stir this thing in the water for thirty seconds and um and then you can drink it. And I got down there and I had. No, no battery in this in this um, SteriPen, and they take these little tiny camera batteries, which yeah, are quite C threes or C twos or something. Yeah, they're weird. But quite, yeah. And I, I actually had some in my bag. I seriously brought a spare uh, set on top of the mountain. <laughs> on top of the mountain, and thought I was fine to, to travel down. But um, so then I tried to hike back up with dirty water because Thomas scared the hell out of me never to drink dirty water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I actually had to. So this was I had to break the rule cuz I was I was in a world of pain coming back up this place with um no water. So I had this water. It isn't that dirty. But no, I mean it would have been running clear, wouldn't it, at the yeah. time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I had to drink some water that had not been treated and that does upset me, but um the, pretty much straight after that, I bought a, pe- uh, a SteriPen that was rechargeable and I've carried it with me ever since. And it's great before the trip, so I charge it up. I've got a, a cable, obviously, that will recharge it on the trip. Um, yeah, it's it's smaller, it's lighter. It doesn't take batteries, so obviously you don't have to carry spares for that. I love yeah. USB charging stuff. So Me too, man. I'm such a convert. All of the stuff that... Uh doesn't have usb now i kind of just end up stop taking it on hikes and yeah. i've just started replacing it even down to head torches and stuff yeah my old head torch used to have triple a's three yeah, me three, too. three yeah. of them yeah me so too, now yep. i've got a usb one uh uh-huh. makes sense yep and then i've just got a, an extra pack for my um power bank <laughs> <laughs> no nah, it's not that bad no it's not that bad well well it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we've covered everything there in navigation uh, Oh, as you guys know Because we mentioned it uh, We're sponsored by uh, Topo Maps Plus This podcast is, rather And It's an app on a phone The What's unique about it is that Every time we tell someone that they freak out Because they say, oh, as soon as you get out of mobile reception it's useless it's actually not the case because um it connects to the satellites and it's still it still um can show you where you are on the map it can it can and i tested it in a very remote area on that trip uh actually that we did this is a perfect time to mention it because it's a larger screen <coughs> larger screen Much than my gps screen. yeah it's a it's- bigger screen it was in color it's perfect um it does what it's supposed to do in some ways you you know, you can leave without a GPS when you've got that. Yeah. I've since then I have taken it 
um, without taking the GPS because the GPS is, mm. don't get me wrong, I've got a good one. Um, it's the Garmin Montana 650 yep. T, I think. Yep. And it's great. It, it's a fantastic unit. It can take photographs and, and uh, what would you say, geotag them. So you can actually go back later and um you can have a visual representation of the places you went to a- anyway it's really cool it does everything you want it to do but it's big it's like two mobile phones strapped together it's heavy big it's heavy yep. it um so goes through the juice man yeah holy shit that thing yeah. like when you plug it in all the lights in the suburb kind of dim a bit yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, it chews the juice and um, it does have a <clears throat> little USB charge port. So I have taken power banks before and charged that over multiple day hikes and I've been very grateful for that. But again, the first time I took that out, I guess I just thought it would last for two or three days, the battery. And um, by the end of the first day, it was done. And that's not a fault of... That's not a fault of the device. That's just it's just number crunching, and uh, you know. Since then, I tend to turn them on in intervals because I'm just sick of charging them. Yeah. So I'll check where I am at the start, drop a pin or something, switch the unit <coughs> off, because I don't care if I don't have the breadcrumbs. Mm. And then I'll hike for <coughs> two or three hours, switch it back on. Where are we? Oh yeah, we're doing fine. Especially if there's a marked trail. Mm. Yeah. No, but that um, mobile phone app has made me more confident to because I've got a watch with GPS maps. I'm pretty lucky, and I now have that secondary option. So I I can leave my heavy GPS on yeah. most occasions and have that plus topos, and I'm confident nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah, something to bear in mind is that when you enter an area, um, the satellite is not going to send you data to an app so if so what you need to do um, this might sound a little confusing you'll be able to see the maps zoomed out but we actually need to do if you're gonna go to an area prior to that trip zoom into that area and then you download the maps for the entire area to your phone yep so important you say yeah And then when you get out there and it connects to the satellite, mm. you can still zoom all the way in and see all the features, yeah. but you can still get that GPS location on accurately on the maps. If you don't download the maps before, which I've done once, I've gone into an area where I had no phone reception, remembered at the last minute, thought I'd have a look anyway. And all I had was this super kind of zoomed out view where it just had a blue dot on the screen of where I was and it was useless, um, no fault of the apps, it was my fault. So yeah, um, prepare yourself, again, prepare, prepare. Get in there, zoom in, download the maps for the entire area you intend to be in and then when you do get out there and lose phone reception the satellite's going to take care of it. Mm. Yeah, cool. For sure. <clears throat> now, What's next? When you keep um you keep evading the clothing chat. 
Mate. You're going to go I'm, back to that? I'm just worried about people judging me on my fashion sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's going to be lots of comments. No, there have been. I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to read them out it earlier. It really hurts. Yeah, I just delete them all. When everyone says uh, stuff about your clothes, <laughs> I just delete the comments because I don't think it's fair. <laughs> well, it's your birthday. <laughs> I don't actually, you did say maybe think about that as a topic. And I went, well, I don't know what to say or what level to prepare for this. Um, you can take it to the nth degree. Mm. I'll bloody tell you. Neil, tell Cotton me. kills, mate. Cotton kills. Cotton kills people. All right. <clears throat> cotton doesn't kill people. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> um, wearing cotton kills people. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, if you uh, if you ever gone for a jog or whatever and wearing uh, just a normal T-shirt, you know how drenched in sweat it gets and then yeah. how absolutely freezing it gets and that fact that it does not dry. Um, <clears throat> it's no big deal. Maybe on a on a little hike or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You yep. can wear your jeans or whatever if you <clears throat> if you want to wear your cool jeans. Yep. That's fine. But it is a problem um, because uh, people who are unprepared and get caught out in bad weather um, can very, very, very quickly find themselves in a bad place if they're wearing cotton okay. or something similar. So I'm glad we're on the same page where you're heading is that for survival properties, probably the merino clothing. Yeah, you want to be sticking towards, my opinion would be, yeah, definitely if you've got the budget, you want to have um, base layers of merino, even outer layers of merino, why not? Yeah. Um, merino socks. I've hiked eight hours up a river, yes, you know, up to knee deep, up to waist deep water, right. and had my feet in icy water the entire day. But I had good boots and I had merino socks. Yeah, and merino <clears throat> wool is one of the only fibers on the planet that will keep you warm while it is wet and you are wet, and that's something cotton does not do. So, or synthetics. So, uh, well, yeah. So synthetics won't do it. The beauty of synthetics is like these pants I've got on now. These I've got some Helly Hansen pants on. They're going to dry quick. They're going to dry quick. Really dry good quick. for active wear. Yeah. So, but that's what it was explained to me is that synthetic kind of uh, thermals will keep you really warm at night when you're asleep. But if you have to get up and hike in them, yeah. it makes you sweat real bad. Yeah, they're. Um they do, yeah. They do sweat bad. They I don't, don't like wick. them. They don't wick. They the don't way wick. No, a merino. Exactly. Yeah, they don't wick in the same way. Almost to the point, I find that because I've got a um, pair of those um, skins. You know those um, oh, right. sporting kind of leggings. Yeah. Uh, and if I go for a run in them, man, they're if they get a bit sweaty and they're freezing cold, it's like a radiator. The oh, the okay. air pushes through. Yeah, the wet. So th yeah, sure, it's wicked the sweat off me, but then the air's pushing through and it's cold. It's actually cooling me down. So merino's the go. Yep. Uh, on that same hike we were talking about earlier, I remember on the because it's quite humid. It was uh, in our summer during our the end of our summer, and it was pouring with rain. Mm. 
And <clears throat> there was a point where I kind of made the decision, you know, hiking with my rain jacket on, I was getting more wet underneath from yep. sweating. Yep. So I ended up just taking it off, rolling it up, strapping it to my pack, and I hiked the entire kind of rest of that day, like six hours or something, just in a short sleeve um, merino T-shirt. That was the first T-shirt that Bluey Merino ever sent me, and I've still got it. <laughs> and I remember just feeling like I was soaking wet, but I'd, my core was my core never got cold. Mm. It maintained that core heat. My arms got a little bit cold, sure, but we were quite active, and that was that was okay. Uh, I just can't say enough about that, Marina. It's good stuff. Yeah. So I was going to obviously mention, I was, I was just going to say, look, just pack a jacket just in case because most of the time you're out there in your T-shirt, you're out there yep. in your shorts. Chuck it in anyway. You're out there in your thongs. <laughs> and uh, you may have to spend the night. So a jacket makes sense. It <clears throat> Minimum pre- preparedness for a hike is to just take a jacket. I think that would get you through the night. Footwear, suitable for the conditions. Sunnies may be important. But what we've found is that, what I've found is that in some situations, like just a pair of glasses is really critical for getting through some some obstacles and sticks and, and crap. Mm. So um, it's almost a safety thing. Same as gloves. Like it, it, it wasn't really on my agenda at the beginning of our adventures, but I always take a pair of lightweight leather gloves now. Yep. Uh, just in case we've got to handle some stuff because you don't want to hurt your hands out there. Yeah. That sounds soft, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got to keep them pristine for for typing. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, how am I meant to type emails? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, good point. No, No, good point. Uh, But you know what? Again, we're not... uh, Craig's not talking about walking down the trail like a weirdo with leather gloves on. <laughs> no. He's talking about these these situations, like I mentioned before, where these massive um, <clears throat> trees go down and we've got to navigate our way through um, thorns yeah. and all sorts of weird tropical rainforest uh, vines and everything like that. So, Yeah, we've had to make some shelters and it was... Um, yeah, that's right. Made a difference. It did. Um, I... That hike um, I did the week before last, where I that little solo thing I did, I chucked a just a really light jacket in, mm. and it got to about so I was in rainforest and it got to about sort of three in the afternoon and the temperature dropped by about six or seven degrees, mm. and yeah I put the jacket on. I mean it wasn't in any danger, but it got cold, man, real quick. You should just have it. If Then if I got, let's say for argument's sake, I got a light shower of rain and then the wind picked up, all of a sudden, you know, you're starting to get into um, a dangerous place. Actually, that's what I was going to say about just pack a jacket or pack a space blanket because if you don't think you're going to need a jacket for your hike because it's daytime, you're likely to get back to the car in time, just have a, um, a sort of a, a survival bivy or something. Yeah, for... Those of you new to hiking gear, it's not something. Space oh. blankets, not what it sounds like. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I get you. <laughs> but I think it's that those those crappy that crinkly uh, silver oh, plastic yeah. that you wrap around. It's not something that you wear 
to because just in case on the space shuttle. Yeah, because I I think <clears throat> like I haven't got a shelter thing. I haven't got a shelter um, topic here. So I guess yeah, clothing well, becomes you fail, your shelter. You failed, mate. Have you got one? Marking you down. Marked you down. <laughs> D. So you've got a shelter D topic. Minus. Because I believe that's very My important. Goodness. Shelter and sleeping, mate. Yeah. And so I, th I thought. <clears throat> sleeping gear. Clothing. That's what I'm here for, mate. Don't you worry. What have, we got, what have we got beyond? What have we got, got you covered, beyond? mate. It's okay. all right. All right. Yeah. Have another drink. All right. <laughs> Don't wrap your foot around my mic lead again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to go there yet. I want to... <clears throat> uh, actually, I am ready to go there. <laughs> no. uh, layers, 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 layers. Uh, just quickly, to finish off on the clothing. There's... I'm going to do two things. I'm going to tell a very unfortunate story and then I'm going to talk about layering. Can you remind me after the unfortunate story to talk about layering? Okay. Thanks. Sure. Uh, I was contacted by a group who were searching for a family member who went into the uh, wilderness, into the mountains as a tourist in Australia and the weather was perfect. This person was wearing jeans and a normal T-shirt. They didn't have a jacket. They had a water bottle. Uh, they went into the wilderness. And the first day of um, snow rolled in extremely early for that region, as in um, you know, weeks early, the weather changed, the storm rolled in, and it snowed something like a half a meter to a meter of snow in 24 hours. That person didn't even have a jacket, and they were wearing cotton. Um, I don't know if they were ever found. I'm not sure about that. I've tried to look it up. But I know after two weeks, they were still looking. And um, that's... There's a bit morbid. I apologize. That's when I kind of thought to myself, they're basically asking me to come and join this search team. And when I... I kind of dug a little deeper and told them to give me all the details... And then I politely declined. Um, and I know that sounds absolutely um, terrible. But I knew that at that point they were looking for um, a dead body. They were not looking for a person who's miraculously survived. Right? Mm. Um, that's a terrible story, mm -hmm. but I tell that story because it's, um, I don't know if that, if somebody listens to this and it just triggers them to grab that jacket or something on the way out or, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Just bear that in mind how quickly things change. Mother Nature does not give a shit about yeah. you. Yeah. She's doing her thing. Yeah. Doesn't care when she does it. Yeah. You are just existing in her realm and um, you don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty full on. Yep. And um, But uh, it, it just spells out a lot of things we've just been saying and that's about quite simply being prepared, right? Yep. Clothing and shelter. It was, yeah, clothing. Uh, yep. If if he had um, adequate clothing, uh, that doesn't mean expense. It just means the right fabrics, a rain jacket, um, box of matches, a space blanket, a whistle. We laughed at that whistle earlier. Mm. The guy didn't go that far off the trail. People were looking for him. If he had all the other pieces in place and he's broken his leg and he's laying there and then he's throwing out these whistle calls every two or three minutes. Yeah. It would be in a different story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As I said before, these stories pop up all the time in the news feed and it, and it just scares me that um, inexperienced people think they can throw themselves out there and come out... Um, unscathed <coughs> layers layers thank you craig <laughs> a slightly more positive topic of layers what you want to do is not just wear a t-shirt when i say t-shirt now i'm talking about an adequate t-shirt so i'm talking about uh, a quick dry synthetic t-shirt or a long sleeve shirt or a merino shirt you want to have that and then straight on to your heaviest, warmest jacket because once you start to move, uh, especially under pack weight, you're going to sweat and it's going to be very, very difficult to regulate. Once you sweat, then you're wet. Again, it, it, we're just going around in circles here, but it's, it's not where you want to be. What you want to do is have several lighter layers. So maybe you want to run a, this is just for argument's sake, right? Um, a short sleeve merino then a long sleeve over that then a nice kind of a you know those microfiber sort of um, long sleeve jackets and with the little collars that pop up maybe something like that then over that maybe you want to put a um, I'm talking about really cold weather heat you might want to chuck a down vest or you might want to chuck a long sleeve down or then you might want to put a outer shell which um, cuts the wind out so that that's not penetrating through to your core. Mm -hmm. Then when you start to work up a sweat, you remove maybe the down layer, put that away in your pack safely, and and maybe you want to drop a merino layer. What I'm saying is you keep you can regulate yourself by dropping layers and adding layers depending on what's happening with the weather and your physical exertion throughout the day. It, it's not the same as wearing a t-shirt and grabbing a jacket or a jumper on the way to work. It's different to that. It's extremely different to that. And you can really only get that honed in when you've been out there a few times. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I still make the mistakes... Um, every now and then of it always after the morning right mm. you get up 
it's freezing cold you break camp you have you know three layers on or something you hike for literally 10 minutes and you, and you go, oh, hang on, man, I've got to stop for a minute. I've got to take my jacket off yeah. <laughs> because your body's just – the furnace is going. You've just had breakfast. The furnace is going. Uh, you've exerted yourself uh, under pack weight and all of a sudden you're warm. Uh, now, if you don't take that layer off and you sweat, you're putting yourself in danger. I'm going to stop talking about layers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Craig, tell us about oh, – where do we go from there? Uh, let's jump to a uh, pretty difficult segue. First aid kit? Mm, yep. Yeah. Let's do that. And when I say, or do you want to go to, uh, do you want to wrap into the um, shelter and sleeping stuff? That might be a more graduated yeah, it makes sense Segway. to follow that because it's 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 really important the shelter because you've got to have some prepare something prepared for staying overnight, and no one does when you're on a day trip. No, I carry um, as part of my because it does fit into that now. Well, I'm keen to hear what you got. Well, in my first aid kit, I have my um, soul bivy, soul emergency bivy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is shelter, right? Well, it's an emergency yeah. shelter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can still add to that if you want to drag a few branches over or if you want to get in a overhang or something. That's great. But at the bare minimum, you've, you're going to be able to maintain your core temperature. Yeah. We, there is a review that we did. Um, on that, yeah. On the Soul Bivy. That's yeah. worth checking out. Uh, there's... Many more models have come out since then, but you're still going to get a pretty good idea of what they're about and how small they are, right? And we lived in ours for four days. Yeah. <laughs> um, we decided to set ourselves a little kind of survival challenge to test a lot of our gear. And I think for the most part to test ourselves, we went... Um, to an area that we knew, so I'd kind of call that a controlled environment. We hiked uh, right out into the back of this, um, was probably like three, 4,000 acres or something, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, something like that. And oh, it's not quite Not that. quite that? No. 3,000? Yeah, somewhere around there. Mm. It's a lot, right? It took us a whole day to hike out into this wilderness and then... Um, we just took a survival kit each and camera gear. It was funny because we both carried these massive backpacks and all our backpacks had in them was the camera gear yeah, and tripods right. and GoPros and uh, yeah. batteries and all sorts of crap. And the actual um, stuff that we were carrying for shelter was just in um, a pouch on our belts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we ended up um, sleeping for four, well, it was three nights in these um, sole emergency bivvies just to kind of see how bad it would get. And they were fantastic, uh, really good. I mean, we were we were pretty, I like to say, I like to think we were pretty clever. Mm. We set up, um, I had a cheap, one of those cheap kind of rectangular space blankets and we cut that up and lined the inside of our um, crappy little shelter 
And then we would sleep in the shelter in the sole bivy bags with a fire in front of us reflecting up in there. And, um, yeah, we were simmering, right? Mm. We were roasting. Yeah, they were excellent. They worked really well. Yeah, yep. Uh, They're cool. Check them out. Check out anything like that. I think it's worth just shoving into your your backpack, into your survival kit, uh, into your first aid kit. First aid kit. I can see how that fits in with that now. So perhaps it can be considered part of that. Mm, mm. What else? Have you got anything else in shelter though? Like you can't take much with you. Well, I mean on a... um, on a standard hike, I think that it's important to do a bit of research into what, uh, what whether you're likely to hit. I own a synthetic sleeping bag, and I also own a down sleeping bag, and um, things can go pretty, pretty south pretty quick with a down bag if you get it wet. If you get it wet, yeah. So if something fails with your shelter or you mess up, uh, I always, 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 always have my sleeping gear and all my clothing in separate dry bags sealed inside my pack. Mm. Um, So even that hike we were talking about, again, I'll go back to that once more because it was such a good example. We got rained on all day. Our packs were wet. Uh, When it came time to set up our shelters, they were pulled from dry bags within the pack and they were absolutely bone dry my sleeping bag bone dry i put on fresh layer of clothing um got into a warm sleeping bag by that time i was actually pretty cold because the sun went down i was freezing yeah um and but i got into two pairs of um toasty merino socks and my uh the rest of my gear and had a fantastic night's sleep got my core temperature back up no dramas at all yeah. um had that sleeping bag got wet uh i would have been in big trouble yeah but i guess we're also talking to people who aren't expecting to stay the night though you're unlikely to pack a sleeping bag oh in that case you've got to be reliant on that emergency movie or space blanket yeah so i guess that it's really important to know a bit about how to build a shelter yeah i'd say that that um I'd say that's a fair call and I guess I want to plug that into the earlier comment that I made about prepare, preparing and also knowing your limits and understanding um, your skills <coughs> and improving your skills. I mm. feel like after we pitched ourselves on that ridiculous four-day oh, um, yeah. Um, survival thing and that other one earlier oh yeah the, well, the failed one <laughs> the failed one yeah. yeah so we we tried to go out for three days and uh we made every that every mis- terrible. every mistake known to man with all that rain trying to build a shelter <laughs> stupid because in hindsight it was hilarious like as soon as i got back to civilization and it was warm and i wasn't getting rained on i could think of multiple ways of uh, avoiding what we did yeah easily so we lasted um i spot natural what, 20 not even 24 hours and we, we were trying to go for three or four days and we got rained on everything got wet we were wet yeah and we just bailed i spot natural shelters all the time now <laughs> yeah you know where you could have a hollow tree that you could easily build into a 
I camped for the night and, you know, but I never would have noted that until I had a bit of experience outdoors. So, yeah, I, I actually think prioritising things, food and water, you can last for three days without water, they say. You can last, you know, weeks without food. So priority in an emergency often becomes shelter. Yeah, number one, uh, not you know, you know how quickly you can move into hypothermia. Yeah. Just as important as keeping your core warm is keeping it cool. It's wearing a hat. It's grabbing a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's understanding that <clears throat> when it's overcast, um, you're still going to get fried. You're still going to get sunburnt. Yeah. It, when you're in snow conditions, you're still going to get sunburnt. You should have face protection. Uh, if it's not sunscreen, it should be physical protection against windburn and um, that reflective sun off the snow as well. That, mm-hmm. I guess, loops back into clothing again. So, yeah, Craig, um, a really good point there in knowing what to do, and I and I don't think I closed the loop well enough there, but what I was trying to say is when we hike now, I have a <clears throat> base-level understanding of my capabilities um, without all the fancy gear. So I kind of know where I can get to without my sleeping bag or um, without a shelter if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not, definitely not go straight into panic mode because we've been there before uh, in a more controlled environment. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <sighs> Well, this is getting deep, <laughs> deeper than I thought. No, look, I knew this was going to be a long podcast. You can't just flippantly blast through these things. Let's go, let's continue on the first aid kit, Craig. Yeah, sure. What sort of stuff have you got in yours? Uh, uh, mine certainly evolved from what I would have had in, I'd like to call it a survival kit. And then what it's evolved to now that lives in the top of my pack in a big fluoro dry bag mm-hmm. is my first aid kit. And that's quite different to what I would have carried four or five years ago. Yeah, I hope you say it's quite minimal, really. Cause, but it's much more minimal. Because we don't, yeah. I guess my main thing, the number one thing that I consider, the most important thing I consider is a snake bite compression bandage in Australia. Yeah, it's a fair call. So I don't go anywhere without it, actually. It's become really a big deal to me to carry that, even if there's nothing else for yeah. my first aid. Yeah, it's a fair call, man. I don't think I've got a significant one. I've got bandages that I could um, fashion into. Is that right? I would have been surprised to hear you say that. I th- think that it's pretty well normally i just suck the venom, <laughs> suck the venom yeah, just cut yeah. it and then i think it's one it. of the biggest threats we've got don't do that people that is a joke <laughs> don't do it it's bullshit it is from hollywood it is you need to have a you know stretchy compression bandage for yeah. you know immobilizing the limb or whatever in a nutshell in a nutshell uh Put the bandage on where the bite mark is. Move the uh, continue to put the bandage on down to the end of the extremities, 
and then all the way back over Past. back up to the <clears throat> torso again. So yep. let's say you get bitten on the knee. Um, you start the bandage at the knee, go all the way down to the toes, probably just leaving the toes out. Move all the way back up over the knee and all the way back up as high as the bandage will go until you run out. Yep. Yeah. That just a nice firm, not too tight. Yep. Yeah. And, and I'm then, about to say something that I haven't even tried, but they've got these fancy ones now. Have you seen them where you can stretch the bandage and it's got these rectangles all the way along the bandage and when you stretch them, they become a square right. at the right compression. Oh, wow. Fancy bandages. I'd love to get my hands on them because I think it makes sense. Yeah, so you're basically saying that they've used a um, a fabric or they've created a fabric that uses technology to get that compression just So that right. you stretch it so that they become squares, not rectangles. Oh, you use that as a visual So you can trigger. see you've got uh-huh, it tight uh-huh. enough? Uh-huh. Yes, I've heard of this, yes. It makes sense. Uh, that is, you're right. Yeah, I've heard, that is cool. Otherwise, you're guessing because you can do guessing. it too tight. You can too really tight, mess it up. Another problem. Other problems with with toxins and stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that that's a that's a fair call, mate. Other than that, really, <clears throat> it's for me. I always think of. Uh, I always think of the little things that we just gloss over here the little things that happen in our everyday lives at home that aren't that big of a deal because we can deal with them instantly or in a different way and we don't have any expectations of um what we need to do because we're at home things like getting something in your eye right yep um at home Getting something in your eye means, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to try and flush it out. I've mm-hmm. got running water. Yeah. That's pretty bloody handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got tweezers. Uh, I might have another family member there to come and look at it. I can turn the light on, get really good light on the case, and let's check this out. If it's that bad, I don't have to drive anywhere. Someone will come and drive me to the hospital, and we'll get that thing removed, right? It's... Not cool, but it's not a big deal. Sometimes, uh, you know, within a few minutes, you've rectified the situation. When you're on the trail, uh, everything's magnified. It's magnified by a lot. Mm. If you get something in your eye on the trail, that's... Who knows how bad that can be? Who knows Mm. how far you've got yourself into the wilderness that makes that a much more critical... uh, can you then not open one eye or and is it is it excruciating pain and (laughs) what pressure does that put on the group like there's all these repercussions yeah the eye one does worry me the eye ones is because of what we do yeah it's Um, possible it's very possible i guess it doesn't quite worry me as much as um uh, like a mechanical injury, like a broken leg or something yeah. like that. It's probably not because as threatening to your life, but... No, it, but it is... I think it's probably physically worse in a way. That's sounds, horrible. That sounds stupid. But what I'm, what I'm saying is if, um, if, if one of us broke our leg, um, it's a case of, right, we're just going to make a decision here. Are you going to... Uh, 
is the other person going to go for help or are we just going to both sit there the other person stays for comfort and morale and you just hit that personal locator beacon um put the kettle on man make a coffee yeah sit there and tell jokes and take some selfies yeah right because <laughs> for later that- you know what i mean like there's yeah um it's just time to kind of accept the fact that you're probably going to be there for another 24 to 48 hours maybe more depending on where you are yeah well i've put a couple of other things we're likely to encounter and is this in your first first aid aid kit kit? yeah cool i want to hear this because i feel like at the start our first aid kits were kind of like clones and then over the years we've, we've never really talked about uh what we specifically carry which is probably not probably a bit silly because we should know what we've we've yeah. got well i carry a couple of tablets for emodium or vomiting and diarrhea shit right? exactly the same again another thing that if you're at home and um yeah it's going crazy down there it's no big deal yeah go to bed antihistamine for allergies likewise panadol and nurofen just to be clear that's paracetamol and Ibuprofen. Ibuprofen, is that how you yep. say Yep. And anything stronger, if you can get your hands on it, is yeah, not a bad thing. I people that have got stronger stuff. Yeah, you can kids. get stronger stuff. I just stuff. don't know much about it or how to get it or what to It'd ask It'd be good for. to get some real strong meds yeah. in your kit, um, but I don't at this stage have access to that. Um, antiseptic, which Definitely. is a, a cream. Like, Creams um, and wipes, alcohol rubs, alcohol wipes, sorry. Yep. Yeah. So I've got eye wash written there, which is just a saline and yeah, so yeah. forth. It's yeah, I've really got a little mini uh, yep. saline thing. You just snap the end off and squirt it into the wound or your eye. And then I think we're just going to be dealing with cuts and bleeding, burns and broken bones. And those things take, yeah, just mm-hmm. a little bit of know-how, not much yeah. first aid stuff. So you're talking about plasters and... yeah bandages and uh well, I've, I've put in i've got a triangle bandage in there as well for if i had to support a broken arm and just stabilize it cool uh, which you could also do with any bandage anyway you just tie yeah. it up around the neck but those are things that could happen out there and you've absolutely and again they're small things well they're not all small things but some of them are only small things and so it like makes the sense. antihistamine thing oh yeah uh, it's no big deal right if if it happens here you go oh my my eyes closed but out there imagine that if you were solo or something and you got some pollen or something crazy in your eyes and they both started to close up man holy heck oh yeah things would change pretty quickly and Mm -hmm. you'd start to panic if you can't see or operate or whatever you got a big problem yeah i mean i think it makes sense also to like consider a recognized first aid course mate that's what i um i was thinking as i was writing my list yeah. I thought, I know, because you're up to date, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm not. And I always think it's, I'm lucky to be out there with you because... Um, Having said training. that, I'm probably, I'm definitely not up to date on the CPR because that's a every year thing. Uh, so you retrain for it, okay. But I've got, I've got to, I've done it several times. I don't know when the last one was, where you go and do the course. Yeah. And I, like, I don't mind if that sort of stuff lapses, to be honest, as long as you know you've done the... The training on it well yeah you've done it a few times you know done i've done it, it a few i've times. only done it i did it once um when i did my life-saving course yeah but uh, that yeah, was a cool. long long time ago 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say I couldn't remember it now to save myself, but it's more about couldn't remember it to save someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, Which could be you. Yeah, I better think about that. (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) Uh, I had it on my list tweezers. Because I do too. I wasn't going to say more, it. Nothing more annoying than when your eyebrows start to look bad on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, splinters, man, and the th- weird thorns that we get. Oh, man. I've um, There's been plenty of times I've got home and start to see little infections on my hands where there's still bits of thorn in my fingers. Yeah, because your first point of contact with everything is usually your hands when you're climbing through stuff. Yeah, here's my other one. Here's my wild card, mate, and okay. you you'll know exactly why I've got this in there. Is it ticks and leeches? Well, that's the insect bites. No, no, that I've got salt. Salts, yeah. I was just the, thinking about it. The leeches. It yeah. isn't on my list, but I bet you that would be. I um, carry salt all the time, and I thought it was an old wives' tale, and. I remember we took it on a particular hike, the hike where <laughs> it was quite funny in itself. We ran into this guy right. coming the opposite way and we were having a chat to him and his legs were just covered in blood. And um, he goes, oh, yeah, the the leeches are really hitting me today. And I was kind of um, thinking, wow, man, what? he should have been more prepared and then after he went past, um, yeah. we kind of checked ourselves a bit and underneath my gaiters, for anyone who doesn't know, the gaiters are those um, kind of heavy canvas things that you run sort of from just below the knee down to your boots and they're really handy for uh, saving your legs from brush, um, thorns, anything just going past your shins. Anyway, I take my gaiters off and I counted um, 18 leeches hmm. all up inside my gaiters everywhere. And the first thing I thought was, oh, get that um, salt out. And you sprinkle salt on them and in a millisecond they drop off yep. instantly. Yeah. The second that salt hits them, they are off. And then I kind of, um, I don't mind getting a bit of that salt into the area as well just for that kind of antiseptic properties, I guess. Well, yeah. Uh, but I also, um, some every now and then you kind of, if you get a bit of a sore throat or whatever, you can just put that, some, some of the salt in the water and you can gargle that as a, um, like a remedy to kind of uh, hold off any of those throat infections and stuff like that it works quite well obviously you can clean wounds with um if you don't have the more convenient saline solutions for your eyes or or a wound you can just make that up yourself so yeah i reckon salt man salt is king oh craig's showing me a photo of him on a different trip where he has a necklace of leech bites (laughs) It's a, it's a full on. I remember when you took that oh. photo. You, you took your. I've got them in my beard and stuff. You took like, your. You had one on your eye. My, the, yeah, one on my eyelid. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I had like zero. I'd wiped them off by that stage, but like you can see the marks where that was sucking on me. Oh, then that was freaky. I remember. 
I don't know, did you take your shirt off before or did you just, no, you just kind of like, I think I saw one hanging off your ear. No. Or your neck and I was like, oh, you got a leech. And then I said, just pull your collar down a bit and you pulled your shirt down and there was about 15 around your neck. I felt so embarrassed. I had to go to the doctor when I got back. Did you? I just, I, I don't know. They were really itchy and I just thought, I better go. And I told him I had like about 100 bites and he's got, yeah, right. And I took, <laughs> took my clothes off and showed him. They were all over. And he's going, wow, that's, I've never seen anything like this, you know. <laughs> Did you have more in your shirt and everything? Oh, they're all around where my belt goes oh, and all up my legs. Crap. I didn't know about all those because oh, obviously we were still fully clothed, but. Yeah, when it would have been close home, to yeah. 100 bites. Yeah. Holy yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, it was pretty That's bad. ridiculous, That, that day man. was insane, mate. That was full on. And I, I tell you what, it was the least of our worries. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> was. Leeches come at me. Come We've got on. bigger problems than We this. were worried about them at the start of the day and then. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's incredible. They, they creep me out. I don't like anything that extracts blood from me. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, it does not go down well. Let's move from first aid into water. Water purification and filtration. I think it's important to be clear about those words. There's Filtration is usually uh, referring to the removing uh, of heavy, heavy objects from the water, so your minerals and your um, sediment and stuff like that, uh, leaves, sticks, bits of algae, stuff like that. Purification is then taking the filtrated water and actually making that safe to drink because there's microscopic uh, pathogens and uh, uh disease is not the right word you know what i mean there's bad stuff in there Mm. and you can't see that stuff so the problem is you filter it and it looks fantastic or you go to a stream that is crystal clear and scoop up water out of that um this is where craig's been scared because i tell him all of this (laughs) creepy stuff um like things like e coli and stuff that swim around in the water and it's microscopic and it's everywhere yeah uh, and it can, um, not only can it make, most of the time it's not going to actually make that, if you're only on a two-day hike or something, it's actually prob- it's not going to make that hike bad. And you're going to get out. The problem is two things. If you're on an extended hike, say you're hiking for eight days, and it's an end-to-end hike with no vehicle access in the middle. If you get this... If this hits you somewhere in between, you've got a real problem because you're going to be dealing with um, not only the physical aspects of vomiting and um, requiring many more pairs of underwear, but the uh, dehydration aspects, anything like fever and all of these sorts of things. Or you only go on a day hike and you drink from the stream and yet it doesn't matter, I got back safe. And then you have to deal with it and perhaps have a, a life long um gut bug or uh mm-hmm. disease like giardia or something that that sticks with you for 10 years or whatever mm-hmm. so um i think it's worth taking it seriously now th- this one ties perfectly back to any sort of disaster preparation because if you look at um 
was it um was it uh, hurricane was it katrina was that the really mm-hmm. that was a massive one in the mm. states right the one of the biggest problems or the the reasons that uh disease spread so fast throughout that area was the water because what happens is in places that floods all of a sudden you've got um all of the sewage treatment areas or underground sewage gets flooded and then that's coming up into the water table and yeah it's the same place you get new water so yeah as soon as the taps stop working there's much bigger problems uh mm-hmm. so yeah it kind of ties in perfectly it, it, it's the sort of thing that you you should be aware of no matter what you're doing but especially when you're hiking now there's a whole bunch of different ways of doing it there's some absolutely ridiculous ways which are kind of antiquated methods which i wouldn't recommend but they actually do work like some people say you, you use bleach like actual bleach it's true it works but then you're drinking bleach, <laughs> uh, albeit in small doses. <laughs> right. D- don't do that one either. Don't Right. Don't suck the blood out of your mate's snake bite and then go and pour bleach in his water. <laughs> <laughs> don't do either Both of those things. Both of those things are not good. Uh, <laughs> but it works. Uh, look, it, if it was an emergency, you could do it. You'd get away with it. Um Sunlight, uh, you could put water into a bottle, leave it in the sunri- sunlight for uh, an extended period and the UV will break down a lot of the bad stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. These things work. They just take a bloody long time. Distillation, so uh, setting up a still where, um, uh, you, you know what I mean, don't you? So you're getting the evaporation. Yeah, yeah. It's leaving all the bad stuff behind. It evaporates and then drips down in like a solar still. So it drips down into your yeah. vessel. Yep. What drips in there is pure water. Mm-hmm. Takes ages. Um, boiling water. It, it's really good. It gets rid of um, almost everything. What these methods don't get rid of is um, toxins. So, if the water is toxic, and what I mean by toxic, that's different to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Craig? Dirty. Yeah, dirty. I was trying to look for something a bit more eloquent than dirty, but you're right. <laughs> it's dirty water. Uh, Cloudy. It's, if it's-, it's different because a toxin is poisonous, right? Yeah. So, we have this thing in Australia. I don't know if it's worldwide. I, I actually meant to Google it before we did this podcast. It's called blue-green algae. Uh, it's a kind of an algae type of slime that grows in uh, a lot of the waterways. And it's quite literally shut down areas in the past. You can't swim there. You can't drink the water from there. And, um, hey, why don't you just tell us? He's trying to sneak off. He's... <laughs> He's two beers down. All this talk about like and all this talk about water, <laughs> listeners. He has left me for the first time in our podcast history. Craig has left the party. Uh, I'll keep talking. 
because he wasn't very interested in it anyway. I should tell you stories about Craig while he's not here. I just can't think of any. Nothing's coming to mind. Okay, back to the water. Uh, Blue-green algae. It grows in the water. Uh, When it dies, it um, kind of dissolves into the water and it's actually poisonous. So if you boil water, uh, boiling the water may kill pathogens and germs and E. coli and stuff like that because of the extreme temperature. But it's not going to kill a toxin because a a toxin's not uh, a living creature. It's poisonous water. Thankfully, there are um, other ways of uh, dealing with toxins, and that's things like carbon-activated filters. Um, The uh, products like the Life Straw, I believe, are carbon-activated filters that you suck the water through. I think the Soya uh, is also a carbon filter. I know that platypus make a filter uh, similar to that, which you um, the water flows through, kind of drip feeds through, and leaves all of that bad stuff behind. Um, the platypus is pretty cool because it actually leaves sediment behind as well. Now, the Grail um, is something that I've been using for... Craig, welcome back. I couldn't think of any stories to tell him about you while you were gone, so you're lucky. That's lucky. (laughs) You feel better? (laughs) Yeah. Good, good. Um, So the Grail is something I've been using for a while. I actually tested it for a long time before I even uh, did a review on it. There is a review on YouTube that Craig and I put together. And when I was out on that hike uh, just the other week, Craig, I actually knocked up a quick little video video. of me changing the filter on mine for the first time. Mm. Yeah, I think you told me that's so how to go. It went really well. It yep. was incredibly easy. I mean, ridiculously easy. If I wasn't talking to the camera, I probably could have done it in about 15 seconds or maybe 30 seconds with opening the packet. It was really cool. It was oh, good. good. And the difference in, you know how, um, for those of you who don't know the Grail, um, it's like a it's almost like a coffee plunger that's the <laughs> that is the sound of salt and vinegar chips you just keep eating i'll keep talking where was i it's like a coffee plunger you push the filter into the water rather than a lot of the traditional filters are forcing water through the filter if that makes sense so the Filter on that is a carbon-activated filter, so that, and it's also got silver in it, and those elements actually um, allow a lot of these toxins and stuff to stick to them and won't let them physically through the filter. Plus, you're getting rid of all the bad stuff as well. I uh, do use the Grail. It's the only one I use now. Uh, I used to use the SteriPen. The SteriPen may require pre-filtering, uh, to get out sediment if mm-hmm. it's too heavy. Because here's the thing with the SteriPen. Now, don't get me wrong, I used the SteriPen for a couple of years. I do like that device. What I don't like is when the batteries go flat. Yep. What I don't like is the thought of breaking that UV light bulb on the trail and having no backup. Could get. Yep. But if there's sediment in the water... Mm, it doesn't work. The UV light is not touching 
shining on, it's probably a better way of saying it, every little particle of water. Yeah. So say, for example, there's a couple of grains of dirt stuck together. You're shining the light on all of the water, but in between those couple of grains, there's some nasty E. coli or something. If the light doesn't shine on that, it's still there. And when you ingest it, it's you've got it. It's in your system. Yeah. So you must have pre-filtered water, so no sediment, Yeah. and then use the SteriPen, and it's highly effective. Yeah, so obviously like a liter of dam water, it ain't going to... It's no, gonna it's work. not going to work at all. You're going to have to pre-filter that through. Even if it's just through a T-shirt or a yeah. bandana, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But you need to get that water clear before you start working with it. Yeah. Here's the other thing with the SteriPen. It doesn't kill anything. No. I it's, love this, actually. You've told me this yeah. before. I think Which that's is amazing. really interesting. Yeah. It sterilizes. When I say sterilize, I mean it. Uh, the viruses can no longer reproduce, so they're sterile. Yeah, the bacteria. So the bacteria cannot reproduce. It cannot multiply. Yep. So you're still drinking st- the bacteria. Live bacteria goes live in. bacteria goes And in goes body. out. Yeah, it goes out because it, it doesn't have an effect of its own and it can't multiply into That's the right. billions to yeah. actually have make a problem for you. It's amazing, actually. It is pretty cool. Whereas like boiling, boiling the water will probably kill the bacteria. That's right. It's actually dying. Um, and <clears> then... Uh, stuff like carbon acted fil- carbon activated filters are not even allowing them to move through the filter so they're not killing it, it either yeah then it's not killing it either catching yeah. it it's just saying hey uh you stop you stop here and the water moves through and then you drink it which is what the grail which is what the grail does, does? correct yep. and i think the life straw yeah. and uh, another version of the platypus and the soya i was talking about those well or you were dealing with your water problem. <laughs> uh, purification tablets. Yeah, I was going to mention them. I've never I've used never them. I've never used them. I've never used them. I've got a bottle of them. I've actually got some in my first aid kit. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call, yeah. So, uh, of course, yeah, chuck them in your first aid kit just for emergency purification. But apparently, so I know they take about 20 minutes to work. Yeah. Uh, they only do a certain volume of water. So mm-hmm. you, might, you have to make sure you've got the right amount of tablets for the right amount of water and so you wait for your 20 minutes and then you're ingesting uh whatever it is in that tablet as well with the water it does have a taste apparently it, it tastes like shit mm. uh, not literally it yeah. tastes not good yeah <laughs> so a lot of people say uh if you're going to use a purification tablet then chuck some hydration powder or something in okay to drink it just to take that taste off so i'm putting that in the category more of like a emergency survival uh, purification method. Or if you're on a budget because it's really cheap and... Yeah, I mean, people do it. People do it. Uh, it, it, People, I know, because I see it on YouTube, like people um, have their water bottle and I just scoop up the water out of this this, uh, stream, pop two tablets in it, put the lid back on, chuck it in their pack. Yeah. They know they're not going to drink it till lunchtime. By then it's, it's purified. Good luck to them. That's fine. That's pretty quick and easy, really. It is really. It's um, it doesn't suit me. That's not what I want. But uh, each to their own. That's why this is always with this hiking stuff. It's never a how-to. It's always a um, how do you want to do it? Kind yeah, right. Of advice. Yep. Like, here's ten different ways. You pick what works for you. Yeah, hundred percent. What's convenient? Yeah. Um. 
the only other thing, Craig, I've got I've only really got two more things on my list, unless you've got something that you wanted to add. Uh, I wrote down food, and then I figured that um, I'll only say a little bit on food, okay? Because food's a fairly logical thing. It's something that we don't tend to forget because we're always reminded through hunger. Mm. The only thing I'm going to say is take extra snacks because as soon as you get moving uh, on the trail, just any sort of outdoor activity, canoeing, whatever it is, you're just burning more calories you just want to eat more and you'll just be generally feel better for it. And the other thing is um, take, uh, if you're on a multi-day hike, I always chuck in like an extra meal, dehydrated yep. meal. Yep, I do too. Yeah, we're yep. talking about what, 200 grams yep. or something shoved in the side of your pack, one or two of those. If things go bad and you unexpectedly need to stay longer, let's go back to that scenario. Uh, one one of your team members break their leg. You decide to go out and get help. You know by the time that you go out and get help and come back, that person's going to be in the wilderness for longer than you anticipated being there. So if you've got an extra couple of meals, that's no drama at all. It's no drama whatsoever. You can say, well, hey, it's going to take me two days to get back. Yeah, I'll take one meal. You keep the other one here. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple of muesli bars. They're spares. Didn't need them. Um, and the, obviously, the person going out for help is gonna is gonna get food and water first. So yeah, pile up the person who's got to wait there with the mm-hmm. broken fingernail, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the broken leg. And uh, it's a simple one, man. That's I, exactly I what I was to, gonna say, man. Yeah, That's I don't need to dwell on that at a few all. Few extra just, calories. Just take extra that you'll probably bring home. Makes yeah, you'll sense. bring it home. Yeah, I always bring it home. Um, and get if you get calorie dense food, it um, doesn't take up much room, so mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's crazy not to. Uh, we touched on it briefly. The only other topic I had was lighting. The reason I mention it is because uh, you, you, I think you mentioned it earlier too. Sometimes you're going to find yourself taking longer than you think and you're going to get back to camp later than you think or something's going to go wrong and you're going to get lost a little bit but it's okay you find your way but you're going to get back after dark yeah and something as simple as a head torch yeah make means a world of difference it means safe hiking at night we've Mm -hmm. done plenty of moving around at night with head torches yeah and never had a problem. It yeah. means setting up camp quickly and efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, I guess, um, getting your priorities right, like getting that water filtered, getting the meals on, changing your clothes, whatever it might be, that head torch, I would say, would double the speed you can do anything, if not more. That Look, that, that the most sensible way of having lighting is a head torch, I believe. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, lanterns are cool, but if the lantern's behind you and you're mucking around on the other side of your tent, yep. your shelter or whatever, you can't see. But these are so small, lightweight. So small. The Batteries are fantastic. Super powerful, powerful. They have SOS features if you do get in a yep. situation. I think they, they tick all those boxes to 
And they're rechargeable. Really? We don't need any other lights if you've got a decent no. hand torch. It's incredible. No. I do not carry a hand no. torch anymore because, need. well, they're a pain in the ass because yeah. you need a hand to operate them. Yeah. Whereas the head torch is, you're actually doing, you're actually getting jobs done uh, while you're wearing the head torch. Mm-hmm. No, they're mandatory. I'd be chucking that in my uh, day pack. I do. I do. I throw head torches in yeah. to half day hikes same with me and the snake bite yeah <laughs> it's just like a yeah. thing i just I exactly my my half day hike bag yeah. will have the same first aid kit yeah. as my seven day hike bag yeah it'll have the same head torch it'll have a couple of lighters yeah. in it and uh, also a fire steel just in case mm-hmm. these things are small just Oh, just chuck them in. Mm. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there you go. Do you have anything to add to that, mate? Only other thing I've got is a commando knife. Commando, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tools. So not, not not just a knife, but no, big, big um, serrated one side, and <laughs> yeah, you know, the cuts barbed wire. You can shave with it. You know. A, well, I mean, it's got everything in it. Yeah. It's got a compass. Oh, no, no, it's got, no, no. It's got a come, fishing come rod. Calm down. Calm <laughs> down. Calm down. No, um, I'm just seeing Sylvester Stallone walking off into the distance with one. And I'm, They're really good if you have bullet wounds. You just heat uh, yeah. them up in the fire yeah. and you can seal the wounds. Yeah. 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 Handy. But otherwise, tools make sense. So yeah, tool, um, no tools is good. I I think uh, there's a misconception that a knife is a is considered a either a, a toy or a um, a weapon or uh, yeah I don't know. This, I I think that a, a lot of hikers think oh I'll just um, take a um, crappy little pen knife. Now a pen knife's better than no knife. Mm. I've got a um, a couple of proper swiss army knives mm. um what are they pronounced Vic, victor victorinox victorinox something like that oh yeah the, the legitimate brand they're good good quality excellent uh but they fail as a more heavy duty tool that's why i've got some sheathed knives yeah and i'll take one of those i've also got a couple of heavy duty folders yeah um that can do some bigger work. They can mm-hmm. um, make a tent peg if I've forgotten my tent pegs. They can make um, tent poles mm-hmm. if I break a tent pole. Like they can do that little bit extra work. Yeah. And also, I think what I was getting at is you can bring your commander knife to cut the venom from your mate's leg if you want. Oh, that's, yeah, right? that's pretty but much. Mostly what I've identified is just a multi tool. Yeah, multi tool is good good feature for even just for a first aid kit option mm. but um on that note i mean if you if you've got your your rambo knife i mean oh, that's what if I you mean. don't want to if you don't want to suck the um Commando. venom out just just amputate just take the whole limb off it's cleaner <laughs> <laughs> but, oh jeez so many lawsuits oh jeez coming our way we're gonna say the wrong thing people say i listen to these guys they said don't do it don't do the things we say no 
Uh, yeah, knives are excellent. A very good tool and an excellent point you made, mate, because I didn't have that in my list, even yeah. though I had a knife in my pocket all day at home mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's always one in my pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're handy. They're good. Yeah. Yeah, good call, man. That's it, eh? I, I really... Um, Good. That's got it. nothing. I, I don't even know how to wrap this up. I well, guess if people are still listening at this point, that's they've they've done a marathon. They've done a marathon. They may have done this marathon over several stints, several commutes. Yeah, um, or a very, very, very long drive. Well done, getting to the end. Yeah, good on you. Good on you for listening. Yeah. Um. Despite all of the um. The crap in between, there is um some some stuff there you really should kind of uh, consider and uh, get yourself prepared yeah uh to all of our u.s friends who are just about to enter the preparedness month um i hope you don't need any of that i hope everything goes smooth and you don't have any of those natural disasters i hope that any of you guys hiking canoeing biking or whatever don't need to use any of these uh things we're talking about but lay down the foundations um prepare do a bit of research make sure you know what you're doing tell people about it and get out there and have a bloody good time because you certainly can have more fun when you've ticked off all of the uh, important boxes damn straight all right friends thanks for listening see ya thanks guys if you're listening to this podcast on itunes We'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time. If you'd like to know more about Hike or Die TV and keep track of our adventures around Australia, make sure you drop by hikeordie.com. That's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.